This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It is Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning, the 27th day of August. Eric Slaughter is in for Mr. Crenshaw. When you hear that, does that, does that still to this day give you a little bit of a feeling? It does. I love that movie. And uh, I was curious when you said, hey, I want you to play that song. I was like, okay, I want to hear this tidbit. It ain't so much a song. It's just a piece of music. Yeah. And John Williams, man, yeah. uh, obviously uh, music from Jaws, right. 1975. I had him play that because this was the day. Now, 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 think about this for a second. Lost Robert Shaw. Do you know who that is? No. Robert Shaw was Quint. He oh, was okay. the boat captain okay. in Jaws. Uh-huh. Okay, yep. So, if you said Quint, I wouldn't know what you meant. Yeah, right. that was okay. that was Robert Shaw. But mm-hmm. I knew him from another movie, and I'm going to say this, and I don't mean anything disparaging about it because I talk about how certain people look like other people, kind of famous. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I have said, I hate the fact that when Clay Thompson turns sideways, he looks like a very young Fidel Castro. <laughs> he does. He got the same. You're kind the of only shape. person. But don't look at all, you go look at pictures of Castro okay. when he was, you know, when he's, you know, took over Cuba, and it, from the sides, him and Clay Thompson resemble each other. Gotcha. Okay. Robert Shaw mm-hmm. was in the second James Bond movie, and he played. He was one of the bad guys. Okay. Second James Bond movie was from Russia with Love. He had white hair in that movie, and reminded me when I see the former vice president of the United States. I Mike think, Pence? I think of that character. Because okay. you don't see many people with that color, yeah. you know, that. You can't call it silver, can you? Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. And it just yeah. reminds me. He don't look like him, but, you know, that was a young Robert Shaw then. Okay. You know, so it ain't like they're, you know, like the woman who had the, the, the knife to come out of her shoe that she kept trying to kick Sean Connery with, you know. This Robert Shaw was the bad guy. A lot of people don't know that. They don't put them together. So yeah, the dude from Jaws was in the in the second James Bond movie is the bad dude. Do you want to know my tidbit of information from Jaws? That is. Okay, and I love I read I read about movies all the time. So the most infamous line from Jaws was ad libbed. Oh, he's gonna need a new boat. You're gonna need a bigger, bigger boat. boat. Right. That was yeah. not in the script. Right. That was not <laughs> nice. in the script. Yeah. I love when I see stuff like that. Yep, so, uh, you know, you'll need a bigger – I think on the top 100 lines of movies all times, that was in the top 10, and it was it – was Oh, I absolutely yeah, believe it. It was not in the script. Absolutely believe it. Sam and Greg again, Sports Radio, 929thegame.com. If you're wondering why Mr. Crenshaw is here, not here on this Saturday morning, last Saturday wasn't here, uh, Sam, uh, and we could not be happier for him. He's 
other than, you know, he'd show up, uh, you know, Monday through Friday when, like, signing day was going on or, or things like that. It was sporadic. But Sam has got a show now, and it is every Friday night, and it is the show if you want to keep up on what's going on in high school football. The high school scoreboard show, S, if you want to. Uh, Friday nights starts at 7 p.m., and they go until the last game is done. Sam, Chris Parker, give us the lot uh, along with yourself. And Stevie, I want to mention, I saw okay. Stevie G up here. He was going to be the first name I mentioned. Go ahead. <laughs> that I, I keep leaving him out when I mention the uh, reporters fanned out around the city. The other guys? Caleb Johnson, uh, Garrett Chapman, and Simone. Simone has joined the list of our correspondents, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on Simone's last name oh, right now. Oh, you're going to hear about it. I'm sorry. You're going to hear about I'm it. I'm sorry, but myself, Caleb, Garrett, Simone, Day-Day Lewis. Yes. And Day-Day is our, our fearless leader along with Sam. They are really the, the two heads that really spearheaded out that show, and I appreciate what they do. So when it was decided that this show was going to get a second season and there was no reason why it shouldn't, and we were talking about, as Sam and I do regularly about this particular show here on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, I was like, look, don't even bother. You know, you are working for that show throughout the course of the week, lining up interviews, doing what you need to do, you and Chris Parker. And so we'll handle Saturday mornings because I don't want you coming in here like a zombie. All right, Sam ain't 22 anymore. All right, and so this is why he is not here. He may call in, but it's more important for me to remind you guys about this show. Every Friday night, high school scoreboard show, Make it part of your listening. And again, if you have any fan of any kind of high school football going on in this uh, around the city, that's the show you want to watch. I want to mention around the states, around the states. Excuse me, because I say he the gets covered. Yeah, because he gets coverage from South Georgia, Middle Georgia, and and, see, and our correspondent Chris uh, Goforth always chimes in from the north side up up towards Chattanooga. He always calls in and tells about what game he had going up there. Now, why he had me thinking he ain't getting no new South American. Oh, no, no, he gets it, yeah. So you got to talk to him about, about that. that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention, <laughs> which happens from time to time. Hey, I want to mention a couple names to you as we go around the NFL, and these are names that we lost this past week. Does it mean anything to you? Do these names mean anything to you or not? Uh, I'm going to start with Don Coriel. Air Coriel, Absolutely. The San Diego Chargers offense that really, you know, was a prelude to what we have today. These passing numbers that we have now, he was doing that in the, what, the late 70s with uh, the quarterback from Georgia was his quarterback, right? Well, he had a number of quarterbacks, but I'm just I'm, – I'm But Dan Fouts, was, Dan the Fouts one, that right. was the one that really put up the big numbers. And um, wasn't uh, the original Kellen Winslow the tight end for his Air Coriel offense? Mm-hmm. Was yes, he, I know that Lance Allworth, Lance Allworth was one of the wide receivers. We talked about this last week. Bambi, okay, his nickname, the the Hall of Famer. But I'm I'm just talking about him as an innovator. You pretty much covered it yeah. all, yes, because his stamp on the NFL is through his. When they give you a nickname, that says it all. So lost Don Coryell. Here's the other one, Len Dawson. I knew you were going to go there. Well, and it's a, that's it because that it's worthy of it. And, the and no this name guy, defense, right? But he was a quarterback for that team. Len, Len Dawson. All right. but He yes. was a quarterback for the Chiefs. Yes, yes, yes. But the Chiefs t- team was famous for the no-name defense. That's what 
was famous for that team that won the Super Bowl. And what else in in, in your mind about Lenny he, Dawson? He was a broadcaster, Monday Night Football, right? That's the other thing. Okay. I mean, he had two lives, mm-hmm. both of which got him into the Football Hall of Fame. He's in there as a broadcaster as He's well? He's in there as a broadcaster, too. Okay. Went in there. again. I knew he was good. I didn't know he was that good. This dude, I mean, before we, we talked earlier about the mid-60s, we were on with John Nelson earlier talking about those teams that made noise before they actually called it the, you know, the Super Bowl, before the merger happened. And he was with Hank Stram during those times. And the first two years, we know that the AFL was looked upon as the inferior league, if you want to use that yeah. term. That's cool, too. Mm-hmm. Until the famous... Prediction, yes. yeah. but one year, a one-year wonder wouldn't have really changed that perception. It had to happen again, and it was the Kansas City Chiefs that next year. That won Super Bowl four. That won Super Bowl four. Yeah. the famous uh, pass with him, the Otis Taylor, does a little juke and goes down the sidelines. Mm-hmm. That's the team that my father loved. Okay. That Kansas City Plus they had a whole lot of HBCU players on that team. Oh, yes, they did. And so the Kansas City Chiefs and 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 um and Len Dawson, Hank Stram, Ed Podlack, um, you know, and of course the the list of Willie, you know, Cannon and all them dudes on the defense. But see, that was the year before because he grew up in Baltimore. I can remember my dad and my granddad talking about how the Colts came up short. Coached by coached by uh, Don Shula. Yeah. Okay. In two oh four, they were pretty much a half away from getting there to the second year. They finally won it in five and six, I want to say. Shula won both of those. But they talked about the year that the Colts should have had three or four in a row with Johnny U, Don Shula, and uh Mackey, John Mackey well, at tight end. You, you know why they didn't? Because they didn't keep matriculating the ball down the field. <laughs> that was the famous I line. I keep matriculating the ball down yeah, the field, yeah, boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you that know. famous, yeah, uh, Hank Schramm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, you got a you got a good wrap around these um, these two guys, but uh, two folks that we lost. Um, I'm gonna steal a line for you. I ain't your average idiot over here. <laughs> no, you are not. And I knew you would. I wasn't like I was trying to stump you. I knew you'd know who I'm talking about. All right. Well, speaking, <laughs> I'll say that. But this past week. As we, you know, kind of tail our way out of preseason games, your thoughts on what we've seen around the NFL and the storylines. And and don't start with, I'm expecting Tom Brady to show up on Mass Singer. That's why he was gone, but he came back and, you know, he already taped it. Okay, so first off, you oh, know. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, and I've heard that story so much. And, yeah. and did you see Ken Jeong's whole? No, he said that. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it, but, you know, it's been reported. You know, but, but the, isn't the whole idea of the Mass Singer that the participants are anonymous until yep. they take off their mask. Yep. So then they did their job. That means that every knucklehead who's a football fan is going to be tuned in to see if Tom Brady does show up. Really? Yeah. Won't you? Won't you wonder? No. When they start revealing? No. People? Okay. No. All right. No. Okay. I've I can't get into Mass Singer. I don't know why I can't. I don't know if it's just because I don't know how grown people can dress up like a. Uh, whatever they dress up is and pretend to sing. It depends so, on how many digits the check is. I guess you're right about that. People will do anything for money. I just, you know. All right, uh, let's let me let me go around this division for a second. So okay. we saw Sam Darnold go down, but we heard that yeah, Baker Mayfield but, was going to get the starting position. Anyway. He really got it now, don't he? Yeah, he really does. <laughs> all right, and 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 couldn't be happier. By the way, if you're a Falcons fan, you should hope he keeps that all season because 
He ain't scaring nobody. Really? Did he you really not ain't. see the Cleveland Browns come to Atlanta last Dude, year? And I, how that he, is a, this ain't the Cleveland Browns team. Yeah, at, but at, it was, it was point, Baker Mayfield that it, ran all through them. At some point, Baker Mayfield turns into Baker Mayfield. We, I mean, this to me. So maybe that we'll see him going, twice a year now. Going back to, to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always looking at that Heisman Trophy like a skunk. I was like, really? Uh, okay, I guess. You know, but you got that situation going on. You got Jameis Winston feeling pretty good. He's but, playing today. Yeah, you, but are you confident that they're going to make any kind of noise in this no. division? With six games without um, Alvin Kamara to start the year, thankfully we get him the first game of the year, I am not worried about the Saints. And once again, they're breaking in a new coach, a defensive-minded coach. I forget his name, but I'm drawing a blank on that right now. But I ain't scared of the, the Aints this year. Okay. And we are going into the season not expecting to take the division, but I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of positive feelings about what we're seeing on the offense so far this year. Now, you can say what you will about Detroit and the Jets and whatever we're going to see this afternoon, but we don't have that same sort of angst that we've had going into the season after watching this Falcons team or this Falcons offense not on in the offense. preseason. Not yes, on the offense. On offense. We so, ain't breathed on a quarterback yet. <laughs> so I'm saying to you, that there is, I don't know. We're going to give it to Tampa Bay, and we're going to figure, okay, they're head and shoulders on paper above everybody else, but yet they got to play the game still as we start. And depending on, you know, we get out of this game today with the Jags, and and, and, and Arthur Smith does what he needs to do to see certain players in certain positions and, and, and evaluate them, cool. But I'm not, I'm, I'm looking at this division going, hey, you know what? Like like one of our correspondents said a few weeks ago, number two is up for grabs. That's right. That? Number two is up and, for grabs. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we are going to talk to Corey McCartney. Braves are doing what they're doing and, 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 and doing what they're supposed to do at this point. They are sitting just two games now behind the Mets, and we are still in August. So plenty of time to make up a whole lot of ground, especially before that next-to-last series where we face them here in Atlanta. He, Corey's going to join us next. This is Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg, 27th day of August. It's a Saturday morning. As always, we say to you, thank you letting us be a part of your Saturday morning and Sunday mornings. We'll be back here tomorrow from the regular time, right, Eric? Six until ten. Yeah, I got. We got all turned around. It looked like we didn't set our clocks <laughs> yeah. back. We're we, back to regular tomorrow. We're, we started this morning at seven a.m. instead of six. Yeah, which got me all discombobulated. And I, hold on, I didn't look. Do, are we six to nine tomorrow because of Atlanta United? Actually, we might at, be. Yeah, we're get, all I know is we're starting at six. Yeah, we're starting at six. We're starting at six o'clock. And whenever they tell me we gotta go, we gotta, you know, we gotta go. But um, anyway, Sam will be back. Of course, we um, give him some time off on this Saturday morning because he does the high school scoreboard show until who knows what time on a Friday night. Now, Eric, you were a part of the broadcast, but you weren't there till the end, him and Chris uh, Parker. By the time they signed off, you were probably in bed or close I, no, to it. I was, I was about to throw something at the Braves. The TV at well, the you were, but you were at home. Yeah, that's my and, point. And, uh, uh, um, our guests can talk about that too. Yes, which we're going to do. By the way, we played that little music coming back there. Uh, today we lost um, Greg Morris on this day. Now, do you remember know the name Greg Morris? 
I know the name. Was he? Greg Morris was the black dude on Mission Impossible on the original right. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, look, check out this rabbit hole I went down. Okay. Right. So we played that, thinking of Greg Morris. Uh, this is the day we lost him. And that reminds me of Seinfeld. Why? Now, why? <laughs> I don't, his son was Jackie Childs on Seinfeld. Philip Morris. Hey, you know, people, somebody asked me about this, and so that's why we threw it out there. But Jackie Childs. But I knew that Corey McCartney, who is a big Seinfeld fan, that's why I threw that out there as we welcome Corey McCartney. From the Diamond is the show you can hear every Sunday at 5 p.m. And, Corey, that was for you. I appreciate that. That's uh, you, you literally dropped some knowledge on me before you hit 930. There you go. And I knew that you watched that show. So, again, just trying to take care of our guests, man. Now, we have something special we got to do. Eric, you have to let me know a minute, minute and a half, if you will, before we have to sign off with Corey because we got to do something. I promised him this. you got some folks listening that are waiting. So we'll come back to that in a second. Listen, four in a row, looking at this Braves team right now. <sighs> This is good. It's also August. We don't get too worked up into a lather, but they're doing what they're supposed to do. Is that about the best way we can look at this, these guys right now? Yeah, with no question. I mean, you think of, you know, certainly they had a week in which they played the Mets and the Astros, and now you're facing another good division leader here uh, in the Cardinals. And, you know, the Cardinals have been hotter than anybody uh, in the second half of the season. They've led you know, in nearly every offensive uh, statistical category uh, across the majors. Uh, they've only had only before last night lost five games since the trade deadline. So, I mean, this this is a ridiculously good Cardinals team of late. And for them to win the way they did last night in dominating fashion, I mean, I think that was, that was a huge statement for that team to open up the series. And see, this is why I said they're doing what they're supposed to do. I didn't mean to minim- minimize what their, the wins that they've got. But after that Mets series, there's nothing to sneeze about going up even at home against Houston a team that's considered the best in the league, and we saw what we, they did to them, took that series. Then Pittsburgh, well, Pittsburgh is what it is. But as you talked about this St. Louis team, again, making up ground little by little on this Mets team. I said earlier to Eric in the show that I think the next really reasonable test to see where these guys are at is that West Coast trip that they're going to take. You know, they're going to come back home, and you know we know they're going to finish next to last series with the Mets. But these guys packing up their suitcases, going out to Oakland, Seattle, and San Francisco, then everything else is east of the Mississippi. That, for me, is going to be the test to see that these guys have they've, – they're playoff ready, if that's the best way to put it. I don't know if that's fair or not, but, you know, having – get back here in mid-September with that series behind them is, to me, what's going to make me look at this team and go, yeah, they're ready to go. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that Mariner series in particular is going to be, you know, just a, a massive test. I mean, obviously they're way, way behind the Astros uh, in the American League West. But, you know, they went and retooled at the All-Star break. You know, they, they've gotten so much better. They're in position, you know, for a wild card. I think you can make the argument they might be one of the top three teams in the American League right now. So I think that series um, is going to really big, yeah, loom large. But we know those kind of late starts. You know, certainly you take take them out of their, their, their normal pattern there and throw them out in the West Coast. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, and you add in the fact that they're facing a really, really good team. Um, but yeah, that's going to be big, big, big. So, Corey, looking at last night's game, another great outing by Spencer Strider. Went deep into the game. Snicker praised his, uh, his composure and his poise as such a young player. Going into your playoffs, Right now, if you're Brian Snicker, what is the rotation for the Braves? How do they line up the rotation one through four, one through five? 
I mean, uh, obviously Max Freed, you know, who's been the ace of the staff, is going to be your number one guy. Um, I, I would say Kyle Wright would be number two, but I, I think they're going to go with the veteran Charlie Morton at number two. Then I think you go Wright and then Strider. Um, you know, certainly that sets up the potential in a, in a short series, in a three-game series, that you might not even see a Spencer Strider in that situation. But I think I think that's how it lines up. That you want to be forward. Do you put Strider into the long relief optional category, or is he strictly a starter? I think he's strictly a starter. Um, I, I just think that the stuff is just so electric, and, and it, you, you have so many guys in that bullpen that are capable of handling high leverage situations. Now, I mean, I think you certainly get into positions where maybe you're trying to shut things down and you don't want a series to extend, and you know, maybe you can get into situations in that way where you could use Strider out of the pen. Uh, but I think he's just been so effective. Uh, and he, I mean, think about last night. He, he was averaging 98.4 on the fastball. That was higher than he's averaged uh, in any of his other starts. Um, so I, he's not the, the wear and tear to me is not a, not a concern at all. The innings aren't a concern. Uh, I, you know, I just think the guy's stuff is just so electric, and he's found his way uh, into being one of the, the, the best rookie starters that we've seen in a really long time. This is Corey McCartney. His show from the Diamond, along with Grant McCauley, you can hear 5 p.m. Sundays right here on Sports Radio 929 The Game or 929thegame.com. All right, you guys have obviously talked about it on From the Diamond. But right now, with every week that has passed, this conversation gets louder and louder amongst people who talk about this Braves team. What is going to happen when Ozzy returns with Vaughn Grissom and how he's playing? That decision has got to be made harder and harder. What do you see as a logical scenario where his play to continue even as Ozzy gets back, depending on where they put him? But what, what are your thoughts right now? Yeah, I mean, I think from a logical standpoint, you think, okay, Ozzy has missed that amount of time. When he comes back, you know, you're you're maybe not going to want to try him every single day out there at second base, but you want to keep the bat in the lineup. Same thing with Grissom. So, you know, maybe to start off with, you know, you can kind of have them balance second base and DH. Um, I just, I really have a hard time believing that you're going to throw a guy into left field that has never played in the outfield or professional level and just expect him to do it during a, a push to a postseason. I think that's a conversation you have. You know, as you get uh, you know closer to spring training next year, uh, but I think you have to find a way. And I think it's, at first blush, the only way to really do it um, is to just kind of have them share uh, those duties uh, in terms of designated hitter and second base, at least to start. And then I think you know, if, if Grissom's still hitting like this uh, another you know, month from now, you know, maybe it, that conversation becomes a little bit harder to have, and you have to maybe do something you're uncomfortable with. Um, but I just think that's the only way. As soon as Ozzy comes back, to make this thing work. You know, we've seen this in the past where you have top young players acknowledge the the ending of an all-time great's career. And as the Braves sit in St. Louis, we had played the sound from Austin Riley last night talking about hanging out, meeting Albert Pujols. And so Eric and I just started talking about this. And, and not only with Albert Pujols, but you have another all-time great shutting it down in Detroit with Miguel Cabrera. We're not going to compare the two careers, but when you talk about Albert Pujols to your kid, or, or other folks, and you talk about those first 10 years of his career, is there anybody who did it better than him? Not anybody that we had any – that we didn't have suspicions about, right? I mean, I think right. that's the thing, too. I think I think that's why you're so interested in him trying to get to 700 is because he would be the, the first guy since Aaron on that list that you didn't have any questions about. And I think, you know, that, that to me is you know, when you come out of the era that we came out of, for a guy to have been that good for that long, uh, I think that's that's the ultimate testament to to what he's been able to accomplish. Is that 
you know, he, he did it coming out of what we came out of when home runs came in, you know, and it, it was like a sack of crystals, man. They were just everywhere. You know, it was, it was a deep bag. Home runs were everywhere. And, you know, now it, it, I think that to me is him. That's a guy that did it and you just never had a question how he got there. So, Corey, I got a question for you before we let you go here on Sports Radio 929 and Games. Uh, Sam Gregg on a Saturday morning. Uh, I'm laughing about it. It's thinking about it. When A.J. Minner slipped and fell last night, did you laugh as hard yeah. as I did? <laughs> it was pretty good. I, I, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be some people, uh, you know, put some sound effects on that and all kinds of fun stuff. But That's going to be on. AJ's never, I, AJ, yeah. yeah, A.J.'s not living that one down. There's going to be a blooper reels for the next 50 <laughs> years. <laughs> yep. All right, before we let him go, we have had – some fun with Corey over the last few weeks in that he has got this bravado about his kids' baseball team and how they're performing. Talk's completely different than this, this normal person we have. A, he, got, he got a lot of uh, – I'm trying to think of a coach who, who – who, 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 well, a little Dusty Baker, a little Tommy Lasorda in him when he talks about his kids' team. So I promised him because we had some fun with him a few weeks ago that he's going to be able to give his team a shout-out. And we got a bunch of kids listening right now. I don't know where they are. <laughs> but your son's team, where they play, the name of the team, and now you're—they don't have a record right now because you finished one. If I have this right, you finished one part of of the the season, and you get ready to start another one. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So we had a bunch of kids. So we all came out of Hobgood, uh, Hobgood uh, baseball, and we took this team. It had an all-star team, and we decided these kids are wrecking everybody. We need to turn them into a travel team. So we got on with uh, Georgia Academy. Um, so yeah, we're rolling out the Georgia Academy Braves, coaching with uh, you know, Rick Sandal. These these kids are I'm, I'm, these kids are, are putting in some work. So uh, we get the the actual season started the 11th. So okay, uh, yeah, they're they're ready, man. They're ready. And the name the name of the team again is the the Georgia Academy Braves. Okay, and they're all listening right now. Spread out throughout the city, or or concentrated in one county, community, city, whatever. We're we're most of the players. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, most of them are out of, out of view, like the, the Etowah Woodstock district. Okay. So what, tournament? I, see, I can piggyback this. I can talk travel baseball with Corey all day you long. You ain't got time to do that, man. Well, one question: What tournaments <laughs> have you? <laughs> what tournaments have you got lined up on your your fall season? So yeah, we're going to be playing some training legends tournaments. Uh, we got a uh, prep baseball course. We'll be up at Lake Point uh, playing in the, the fall state championships. So uh, I think we got. Uh, seven or eight tournaments heading up until we get to, uh, you know, the Thanksgiving break. So kind of easing these kids in before we hit it really hard this spring. There you go. Corey, enjoy the rest of your day, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks. You got it. And, of course, you can hear Corey tomorrow from the Diamond with Grant McCauley, 5 p.m. right here on 92.9 The Game. Uh, Cassie, call up next. Kind of abbreviated one. I got some information. Well, we have some information that we'd like to bring to you as we head into football season from a voice that is beyond reproach when it comes to injuries and things like that. So that is coming up next. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio, 92.9thegame, It's Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning, 27th day of August. Thank you for letting us be a part of your Saturday morning. Mr. Crenshaw, not here this morning. Eric Slaughter. One of his correspondents from the High School Scoreboard Show is, uh, and he's our producer, of course, is sitting in for Mr. Crenshaw. Um, And by the way, speaking of the High School Scoreboard Show, we played this earlier in the show. Going to give it to you at the top of this hour. Again, the replay of one of their most popular segments called School Days, where each week Sam and Chris Parker will interview a big name in the world of football. 
who spent his high school days here in the state of Georgia. Last week, the first show of the season with Jamal Lewis. This week was DJ Shockley. We played it earlier in the show, but for you folks that weren't listening, didn't get a chance to, we're going to replay it at the top of the hour. This is normally when I spend time letting you guys know about the money that's just flying through the air uh, as far as the film and television industry here. And one of the companies that I don't mention enough of, and i got to get a contact, so if you guys are listening, somebody from over there, they got to get me a name of somebody who we can have on the show, and that is Game Changing Films. Now, as opposed to the other extras casting directors, which you will see on the list up at 92.9thegame.com slash casting call, Game Changing Films does nothing but find athletes, young and old, to, in most cases, be a part of the opposing team, whether it's a basketball movie, football movie, or maybe an individual player for an individual sport, golf, tennis, what have you. Well, this week, Game Changing Films, um, they are looking for for a movie called Underdogs, Eric. Underdogs. They're looking for young male football players. It's a kid's football movie, 10 to 13 years old. Now, first of all, you got to remember, for any project, if you're under 18, you got to have that certificate from the Georgia Department of Labor to get on set. I have a link to that on the casting call. You, you know, you fill out the information, one page, boom, you get the number the next day. But as I was putting this on the casting call and thinking about this, especially with us being all over the Falcons camp and getting ready for um, college football and Sam and Chris doing the high school show, you know, there is a need for knowledge to be regularly put out there about the concerns parents should have or at least know about when it comes to their young child playing football. And it is talked about, but not as regularly in the minds of a lot of people it should be. So this seemed like a perfect opportunity. As I talk about game-changing films, their need, which you will see, it's the first breakdown on casting call, Underdogs, a kid's football movie, young males to be football players, 10 to 13 years old. But I thought, well, listen, I know a guy who sits, Eric, who sits on the concussion legacy board, and he is a regular contributor and sometimes co-host <laughs> at this radio station. So I reached out. To the uh, owner, founder, and CEO of PT Solutions, Dr. Dale Yake, who, as I said, sits on the board of the Concussion Legacy um, con- Legacy Concussion Board. Am I saying that properly, Dale? And, and oh man, it's it's all good. But if people are interested, it is Concussion Legacy Foundation, there and you can go. go look up more on concussionfoundation.org. It'll tell you a lot more about what I'm speaking about today. But thanks, Greg, for talking about it. Well, let's do this. First of all, welcome back, and again. Um, this is the time of morning where, where families, uh, parents are running their kids out to various events. You know that. You've done it yourself. So uh, as we head into football season, I thought that uh, we need to let the folks know about the talking points that you folks have to sit on this board when it comes to concussions and young players. Yeah, and it's not just football, obviously. We're, we're looking out for all sports. It just so happens that, unfortunately, with football, which, by the way, let me preface it and say I, I consider football because I played it the greatest team sport a young man or woman can play, right? I I think it's the greatest thing that you can play. But with that said, we have to take the appropriate measures to make sure, Greg, that they're not exposed to taking hits in the head for long spans of time. And what I mean by that is the data now shows is that the longer we are exposed to football, anyone that's exposed longer than five years, the risk of Severe head trauma, now what we know called as chronic traumatic encephalopathy, rises with each year after that fifth year. And so we want to really try to mitigate kids being exposed to 
tackle football for long period of time. And we've put out the message that tackle football under 14 should move to flag because if you look at 14, they could play for five years in high school and not have that major exposure. That's a mouthful, but we really look at that exposure more than just concussion. It's the number of hits in each game. We know in youth football, unfortunately, there's about 500 hits a season, and that's just too many for a young developing brain. When you say it like that out loud, it gives you reason to pause. 500 hits a year or in a season. And that's, yeah. we haven't taken into consideration the proper way to tackle. And that being in, uh, implemented properly might cut down on this. But let me ask you this, Dale. Again, Dr. Dale Yake joining Sam Gray here, Sports Radio, 929thegame929thegame.com. Since we have been talking about this, meaning concussions, as openly openly as we have, say like over the last five years, ten years or so, what advances have you noticed that have actually helped? Greg, it's helped tremendously. Look, I I think, and this is for all the youth football coaches, I am not down on youth football, right? I I think you have to change the practice regimen, meaning we don't generally recommend hitting as much during the week. The old Oklahoma drills should be gone. Uh, the, the tackling drills that we would do in every practice should be mitigated to one, maybe two times, one time a week and then a game week. Uh, and, but recognizing that we're trying to mitigate the impacts to the young developing brain, which we know and, and research shows that that creates long-term damage. Has it changed? It's changing, Greg. I, I think what I now see in the last 18 months to tw- 24 months, maybe COVID has done some of this, is that we've taken our focus off the ball, right? I even hear some commentary uh, in the media of, hey, let's, you know, let's downplay that concussion thing. And that, that's really not where we want to go. Uh, we're not trying to be alarmist here. We're not trying to kill sports. But it's, it's getting information into the coaches and the parents' hands and really educating young athletes. We have a team-up speak-up day in September where if a kid's having symptoms of a concussion, to voice that. And if they voice it different than the old days, Greg, that's okay. We get you out of the game. We let your brain rest for a good period of time. That messaging needs to be reinvigorated post COVID. I I saw it do really well for about five years. And then now I think we've taken a couple steps backward. So Dr. Yake, I want to ask a follow-up question to what you're talking about. So if you watch the professional leagues now, most of the guys in practice are using that dome cover on top of their helmets. Do you think we'll see that filter down through high school and through the youth levels of football? And will that make a major difference throughout the course of a young football player's um, playing career if they can get those dome covers that they use most of the time? And maybe maybe even use that in the games for players of younger younger ages. Well, let me say that that dome cover is excellent. It does reduce the impact, but it doesn't take away the impact. And what we know is these small impacts the number of them over time is, is what does damage to the brain. And so do I expect it to filter down just because that's a cool thing to do when the costs come down? Yes. But does that reduce the risk of CTE? I can't answer that yet. We don't have the research. But, but I would tell you, you're still taking a hit, and you're still going to feel it in the brain. It's just much less than it would be, and that's what we're trying to avoid. Dr. Dale Yake, um, sitting on the – I want to get this right. Concussion Legacy Board Foundation. Tell people where they can can find this. If there's a, you know an address, they can go get the information that you're talking about. 
today. Before we get into some other stuff, where is that located at? Yeah, concussionfoundation.org. Uh, go check it out. And, and what that means is we're an av- advocacy group for concussion. We're trying to change and improve sport. We've done a lot of work around, obviously, the major league sports, the NFL, NHL have responded. We have a meeting with the NCAA next week, actually. Uh, so there's been a lot of policy changes. All those things have come from Concussion Legacy. And that came from, the, Greg, the original brain bank, the guys, the former NFL players that donated their brains to us. We took those brains and studied them. And now we have over 2,000 brains in a brain bank studying those brains. And they go all the way to high school kids, uh, unfortunately. And, and that's I know that's morbid, but that's the only way you can study the brain is, at least for right now, is after death. Wow. All right, again, Dr. Dale Yake, um, PT Solutions, uh, Concussion concussion Legacy Board. The guy made his name in physical therapy, and we're going to switch gears and talk about somebody who's near and dear to the hearts of all Atlanta fans, and that's Ozzie Albies. And I have to ask you, your thoughts on his return. We're talking about a foot. We're talking about the speed that this guy needs for various reasons. And I don't know how much that plays into how he even stands when he's if he just becomes a DH. But the recovery time from the injury that he had and what Braves fans can expect to see from him, at least the remainder of this season. In your thoughts. Yeah, you know, Jones fracture, for folks that don't know, it's base of your pinky toe, right? So it's the outer side of your foot, pinky toe. Really painful injury. And one in a lot of people, whether we do surgery or not, does not heal well. And, and we've seen that in several athletes. They try to do it without surgery, it doesn't heal well. They try to do it with surgery, it doesn't heal. Fortunately for Ozzy, all the signs point toward he is improving. He is doing game speed activities. The original projection is he had surgery in June, Greg. And, and I think by memory, if, if he gets to the end of August, that'll be almost 12 weeks, which would put him at an early September return. And that's probably the safest thing. Obviously, all of this is dependent upon how does he feel in the batter's box? How does he feel running? How does he feel hitting the bag at first base, right? Mm-hmm. All those things have to be identified, and uh, I'd expect him to be back early September. All right, man. Listen, I I, I always kind of giggle when I get you on it because, you know, you and I are friends, but yet I know that you don't get many chances to uh, flex that sports muscle of yours, sports talk muscle, if you will. <laughs> Anything else got your attention well, today, before we let you go as far as yeah, you're looking forward today to? it wasn't that, right? Today I was just talking and advocating for a concussion and making kids safe as they go to these fall sports, but – you know what? I think we got to take in the division. Take a look in the division. The Carolina Panthers last night are decimated with injury. Right? Cam Newton might be out there to return for <laughs> uh, for the, the, the Panthers because obviously, yeah. so, I guess Sam Darnold's now second string quarterback. He went down with a high ankle sprain. You've yep. already got Matt Corral out with a Liz Frank injury. So PJ Walker, who I think was their fourth string quarterback, was going to be cut. I think he's now placed in the second string quarterback behind Baker Mayfield. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens to to the quarterback situation, and then they lost their kicker last night. It's a mess in Carolina. It is. We ain't scared of them, no. We ain't scared of nobody. As Eric said this earlier, everybody's fighting for second place in this division. Uh, We'll see. Uh, We will see. We'll see about that. Dr. Dale Yake, as always, man, thank you again for the knowledge. And, uh, again, on the heels of this new movie coming out, Underdogs and Game Changing Films here in Atlanta, trying to look for – 10 to 13-year-olds, I thought it was time to bring on the information a lot of parents need to know as their kids get ready to play uh, football this upcoming uh, season. So thank you again, as always, for getting up. Tell my man Finn I said hello and everybody else. Everybody else is playing the sports like every other parent in the car this morning. So take care. Thanks, Greg. There you go. Dr. Dale Yig joining us. Coming up in the uh, 10 o'clock hour, 
We're going to talk to D. Orlando Ledbetter, continuing the conversation about the Atlanta Falcons. But up next, if you missed it earlier, we're going to replay School Days from the High School Scoreboard Show, the segment where uh, Sam Crenshaw and Chris Parker talk to a famous high school Georgia football player. This week was DJ Shockley. That interview is coming up just about six minutes from now. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 